down, so I took out like all the blankets, and I woke up and it was cold again. Welcome back, ghouls and goblins. I'm your Duke of Spook, Danny Hollander. The episode that you are about to hear is based on true events. Seriously. Not even close to being not true. It's based, it's inspired by true events. No, it's, this movie actually happened. We, we promise. We promise. I promise you. <laughs> oh, Do I, I introduce yourself? Oh, I'm mad. You know who I am. Alright, so clearly it's been a bit since we did an episode. We, um, we took a little, a little hiatus after the... Weekend of Halloween. I'm really hoping that if you've listened to the, if you're listening to this episode, you've listened to our mega dump of Halloween episodes, Ooh. all four of them. Yeah. That's that's what close to four hours of Halloween. I think it's closer to five. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so we're gonna go back to basics, okay? We're gonna get back to just doing like two movies for a bit. We're we're going a while before we do another franchise breakdown. We need a break. We took a lot on with. That. I mean, we, and I, I'm glad because we got a lot of stuff coming down the pipe that I we just got to put on like a. We don't even need to have a schedule. We just mm-hmm. figure out when we're gonna do it. But we're. It was good to get back to normal. Yes. Because <laughs> like I sat down to do you know take some notes on these movies and I didn't feel like oh god. Yeah, I felt like this is a reasonable <laughs> amount of stuff to cover in one episode it wasn't just well gotta power through all these well i didn't feel like i had to write a bunch of stuff like my stuff uh i mean i have a little bit more for the first but like i don't have a whole lot for the second one i love the second one so i mean i do too but i guess we'll have plenty to talk about well the thing is i think i didn't write a lot about it because i don't want to spoil it i think both these movies have big um, spoiler thing. So we're not going to spoil the movie. So you don't Correct. have to not listen if you don't want to. So and today we're covering yeah. two home invasion. Yeah. So we're gonna do movies. home invasion because um, you know our state is ready to do another big quarantine lockdown. You know, and uh, the something that I think is more terrifying if you're locked in your house than people just Show coming on in. <laughs> you know, Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> No, but this is uninvited guests. So we're talking about the strangers and your next. Yes. So, um, before we get into it, can you remember your experiences with both these movies when they first came out? Like, did these did these movies scare you? So, okay. So I knew that the strangers existed in two thousand eight. Yeah. But I didn't watch it until I want to say nine years later, uh-huh. eight or nine years later when I was in high school, mm-hmm. and I watched it on a Halloween binge of horror movies with a couple of my friends for the first time. Was this before or after Pray at Night? Pray at Night had come out, but I didn't see that until you I saw it with you. Yes, because I, I love that movie. Which, so, so we're not, so obviously The Strangers has a sequel, Pray at Night, and I don't want to cover it because I definitely want to give it its own attention. Because it, well... I love it. Pray at Night. Everything about that movie is awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, but to your point, like, I don't think, like, I knew about it, but I mainly just knew because of, like, the poster. Yeah, I, I knew that mask. Because that mask was really frightening, mm-hmm. and really, as a kid, reminded me of, um, the lunar ghost from, uh, Scooby-Doo the movie. <laughs> that thing at the beginning. Because <laughs> it's that white mask, the big dark eyes, and the weird and the mouth. Weird smile. Yeah. So, like, when I first saw The Strangers, I was like, it looks like that ghost. So, I mean, it was still kind of scary. 
Spookalicious. We gotta have an episode one day. We're gonna talk about Scooby-Doo. Dude, Dude, oh man. If we ever get to the point of like where we do this with like a big studio audience, I wanna talk about Scooby-Doo. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so like you said, The Strangers came out in 2008. And um, if you are unfamiliar, uh, it's about a young couple staying in an isolated vacation home are terrorized by three unknown assailants. Which is a perfect, very vague, simple thing for yeah. this movie. And that was what was cool, I think, initially, is because this is a very simple movie. There's oh, not absolutely. a lot of there's not a lot of extra nonsense and it's it's just good. Mm-hmm. The whole thing is very, well, very good. And I think this one really started the whole like this movie's inspired by real events, so you okay. gotta take it seriously. So I think it is our duty as research driven podcasters to address the based on a true story. It just means thing. it was inspired by. It doesn't mean it's actually so, a true story. But okay, but I'm not even that. But like, okay, so Texas Chainsaw Massacre has the inspired by a true story mm-hmm. thing. So that's you still need to address. Like, okay, well, this movie is clearly its own thing. But yes. what is the inspiration? Exactly. So the strangers, from what I've gathered, there's a big story. I believe in um, wherever the director grew up. Well, so it comes from a couple of different places. Uh, the director and writer, um, Brian Bertino, tells a story about when he was a kid um, that a unknown woman came to knock on his door and asked if someone was there that mm-hmm. did not live there. Yeah. And he said no, and then she left. Mm-hmm. And that really, really stuck with him. And I think that he got a lot of the other inspiration from, there's a story, I believe, in France where um, a bunch of people just broke in and terrorized a house full of people randomly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of it probably does come from the Manson murders yes. of just a random group of weird people breaking in and just murdering people for like real, really no reason. Um, I mean, and that's terrifying in itself. Is like, it, it, I mean, because the movie opens up top with like, you know, it's based on a true story, all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's got this orange text on a black screen. Yeah. Well, and it does that like, okay, well, there's all this violent crime in America, you know, all it does this good setting of the mood. Mm-hmm. And then once it says, you know, these two people were like attacked and the following story is what happened to them. Then it cuts this montage of just randoms, like, suburban, rural, and urban houses. Yes. Which... Just, like, on a road trip. Yeah, well, and it's... It does get into what I think is the coolest thing about this movie, is that it's just... this. The fear comes from... The, there's no reason. It mm. could happen anywhere, at any time, to anyone. Yeah. For no reason, and it, you know... We'll see at the by the end, like you, it can just be turned off and turned back on whenever. Yeah, absolutely. So as I mentioned, we got Brian Bertino who wrote and directed this movie. Um, there's a maximum of eight people in this cast. In the entire movie. There is the um, three strangers themselves, mm-hmm. uh, whose credits are simply the man in the mask, doll face, and pinup. Yeah. And then there's the two. There's a couple at the cabin. Their friend, and then the two, um, they, they say they're Mormons in the in the credits. They look like Jehovah's Witnesses, though. They look though, more like Jehovah's Witnesses. And, who are the people that find them. Yes. And it's cool, uh, because right away, like, the movie opens up... With these kids. With It's them finding everything. So, like, you know what's going to happen. Yeah, and that's going to be a little scarier. They're like, okay, well, as soon as people in mass start showing up, they're like, okay, well, I know where this is going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not the spoiler thing we're talking about. We yes. will avoid that completely. But so because the uh, the cast is so small, we were able to look at all of yeah, them. Yeah, we were able to actually look at 
yeah. each of them. I mean, death. and so the big ones are, so the couple is Scott Speedman and Liv Tyler. Um, Liv Tyler, obviously, is the daughter of Steven Tyler, who's the singer mm-hmm. of Aerosmith. Um, she's been in Armageddon. She, she was, was in the Lord yeah. of the Rings movies. Uh, most recently, I, I said that she was in Harlots, because I hadn't seen her do anything. Oh, I know her mainly yeah. from Lord of the Rings. She's Arwen. Um, Scott Speedman, uh, I didn't know that he was in You. He looked totally he's different. Be in the new season. Oh, in the new. I was yes. like, I don't recognize yeah, him at all. Um, he was in Animal Kingdom, the show, not like the Disney thing. Um, <laughs> he's also um, Michael in Underworld. If we ever get to Underworld, okay. he's the the hybrid. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Glenn Howerton, who's who's Dennis and always sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, he's also an AP bio. He's in the movie for maybe two and a half minutes. He's just he's just like the guy's buddy, mm-hmm. and he's just like, hey, you know, I heard you had a bad night or whatever. Yeah. Um, and we'll get into that with with just the general plot. Yeah. Um, the two notable people that I had for the people in the mask, because I couldn't find a lot of stuff about the pinup woman. Like she just is shows up. I feel like she must have known someone that was like involved. Like she probably was working in, you know, like, a prop department or something like that, and they're, like, because it seemed that she had a lot of various credits of, like, producing, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of, like, background stuff, and okay. they just were, like, we it's that classic thing of, like, we need someone to just be in this mask, and you just yeah. do this. Um, the man in the mask, who's the dude in the big, being in the bag, the burlap sack face, uh, his name's Kip Weeks, which is not a scary name. It's not scary. <laughs> it's kind of a yeah. fun name. He's in, have you seen Glory Road? It's like I it's one of those like Jerry Bruckheimer like Disney movies. It's like okay. a basketball movie. Uh-huh. I guess it's, it came out like two years before this. So I mean, he probably was just like a guy on the team. It's just like okay. Um, and most notably is Dollface. He's played by Gemma Ward, who is a like hugely successful fashion model. Like, really? internationally known fashion model. Huh. Um, I was in a my, one of my psych classes back in high school, and she we were going over, like, chromosomal, like, not, like, disorders, but, like, different weird, like, genetic mutation things. Mm-hmm. And I'm totally going to butcher it. I tried to look in her trivia to see if it was there, but, like, it's like females have, like, two X chromosomes. Yeah. It's like you can have, like, an extra one. So, like, all of your, like, feminine traits of, like, you know, like, the way your face is shaped and whatnot, mm-hmm. like, get, like, amped up. And apparently okay. she has this, which is why, like, she's, like, so, like, photogenic and, like, perfect fashion model. Mm-hmm. Um, she's also in Pirates of the Caribbean 4. She's one of the mermaids. <laughs> which, what you, you said her name was. <laughs> so, the in the movie, yeah. she shows up before the strangers are acting as these masked individuals. She knocks on this couple's door and just asks, is Tamara here? And so that obviously freaks him out. But in Pirates of the Caribbean yeah. 4, her character's name is Tamara. It's like which for is that reason, so too. I, they definitely were like, no, 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 let's... Like, well, because she also idea. is the one that, like, has the most, like... You haven't seen the movie, have you? I've not. Okay, so... That's the first of those I'm going to say, I'll seen. point it out to you when we watch it sometime, but, like, she's the first one that they see and, like, has an exchange with several people... Like, she's not, like, the main one that they have in the movie because they need it for this big... Del- I'm not going to get into Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Things, <laughs> but they need to find mermaids, and when they go looking for them, she's the first one that they find. Okay. Um, so I definitely recognize her because, like, they, you don't ever actually see these people full on without their masks on. So it was just when I went looking for it, that's what it was. And they recast all of them for Prey at Night. Because mm-hmm. so, when I th- was looking at her in Prey at Night with her mask off, I'm like, that's not the same person that's not the same girl which really quick side note um i have a theory that the ones in pray at night are different 
That, first of all, that the whole, like, strangers thing is, like, an underground, like, weird cult movements. And they either all do stuff all over the place or they do they just take mantles. Because then it's like, okay, well, we have this crime over here and we have this crime over here. But it's the same MO, same, like, descriptions. But, like, they're different people. So they're mm-hmm. never going to be found. It's kind of like, um, I literally just had an example. I totally forgot about it. But it's like, it, it could be anything. Mm-hmm. It could be anybody. Yeah. Which is terrifying. It, yeah, it, it goes into that, you know. Ooh, okay. It's almost like everyone in The Purge, if they wore those, like, cheap plastic smiley face masks that, like, every girl and her friends dresses as for Halloween. I'm sorry if you do this. It's just, <laughs> I'm not even roasting you. I love The Purge. It's just, everybody does it. I'm like, who, like, thought about it? Is this, yeah. like, a, is this like a Twitter thing? Like, I don't know. I know nothing. Um, you and your Twitter. Yeah, I don't have one, so it's I'm literally already like a grandfather. Like I don't understand any of this. Anyway, so um, that's the cast. the The whole based on true story thing, you know, it's not really mm-hmm. accurate. You know, it's like if you made a movie about a bank robbery, and we're yeah. like, this is based on a true story. It's like, well, maybe it was, or you probably were just like, that cool. bank robbery seems cool. I want to write a bank robbery movie. Like it's not really the same. Um, yeah, we kind of talked about how it's very scary that, like, it could happen anywhere, anytime, for no reason. Yeah, just out yeah. of the blue. Um, we know how it's going to begin, or sorry, we know how it's going to end from the beginning, so, like, do you want to get to the plot a bit? Yeah, let's do it. You know where I'm telling you we're not going to spoil that part. I'm pretty right? sure. Okay, cool, so as long as we just avoid that, we should be fine. Yeah. So, um... So the movie yeah. opens hearing... A 911 call from one of these boys Mm -hmm. as you just see them walking down the road with their bikes in hand. Yeah, these little, like, Jehovah's Witness kids. Probably (laughs) 11 or Mm 12-year-old kids are just walking past, and they see this house with a door open. And that's not normally what you see when you're walking down that rural road. Well, and it's creepy because it's the middle of the day already. Or not even the middle, it's probably like 10 a.m. It's like 10 or 11 in the morning. And they're just walking past, and they see this, and you're just hearing this kid freaking out. Yeah. Because he's just like, we just stumbled upon this house. We don't know where it is. There's something that went down here. McGuire thought it was a little girl. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> no, he was just very scared. He's a, <laughs> he's a little boy. scared. But yeah, and then it jumps back in time to the night before. Well, and for a great deal of the movie, um, it could be argued that the movie's kind of slow, which mm-hmm. I would get, but it's... Everything is for a reason, and the build is perfect. Yes. But it's just, getting to it takes a little bit, but all of that interim matters. Mm -hmm. Because it's this this couple that, the um, I don't remember their names, I don't really remember if they talk about them in the movie, but it's just like, this this couple is coming back from a wedding, clearly very, like, uncomfortable with each other. They come to this, like, picturesque, like, cabin that's, like, all this, like, honeymoon stuff is, like, set up. There's, like, candles, like, rose petals in the bathtub. All this mm-hmm. stuff is set up. Champagne's there. And, you know, he's helping her get her, like, dress off. And he goes and calls his buddy. And he's like, it just didn't go as I planned. Mm-hmm. And we slowly, like, begin to realize that they were at a friend's wedding. And the guy had proposed. proposed. And she said no. Well... Firstly, never do that. Yeah. Never propose at another person's wedding. Um, but it's cool because at first you're like, oh man, what happened? And like, it's their interactions with each other that first of all seem very real, very like mm. couple-centric. And it's not like kind of shitty where it's like, you know, she said, no, I'm going to be an asshole. 
they keep talking and they're trying to communicate and figure out like, okay, well, where are we at? Exactly. Because we're learning, you know, like she, it's not that she doesn't want to marry him. It's just that she doesn't think they're ready yet. You know, and he's like, he's under the assumption like, oh, well, if she doesn't want to get married, like, why are we even together? It's like, well, you know, let's talk about this. Yeah. And it seems like they're going to kind of, they're reconciling. It Mm -hmm. seems great. And then you get the, is Tamara here? You're like, oh, like, shit. Uh, like, Because you're like, oh, wait a minute. It's a horror movie. Yeah. I forgot that these people are going to have to like put up with all this shit. <laughs> um, and then it just becomes a very realistic, frightening, mm-hmm. and... But and frightening in a low key sense. The movie's not very gory. There's not jump scares. Yeah, the big thing with this movie that I think is a huge draw, in my opinion, for people who aren't necessarily huge horror fans, is this does not have your typical like horror jump scares or like big bloody moments. This is like just crawls under your skin, kind of like eerie feelings throughout. Well, like the main one, and it's on most of the posters. Is so. We're gonna call him Scott because that's the actor's name. Okay. Scott goes and gets. Yeah, he thinks he's gonna go get like cigarettes or something. So he leaves his girlfriend there, and she's, you know, getting. There's more knocks on the door, and she calls her boyfriend. She's like, you know, this is kind of weird. I'm not really sure if I want to like get into this. Like, who? I don't know who this person is. Yeah. You know, and then she sets her phone down. She keeps kind of walking around. She gets changed again, and while she's in the kitchen, um, in the total. Black, like from the blackness, like mm-hmm. behind her, there's just this the man in the mask kind of just is in the house. He's just standing, standing there on the other side of the room, watching her, and then disappears. Yeah. So it's already like established, like okay, well we know there's a woman. Now there's this guy. Who can just get? Into How the many house? of them are there? They can get into the house somehow. Like, what do they want? Who are they? Like, where are they coming from? How many of them are there? Mm-hmm. So, it, and the, it's all very slow. I yes. mean, they have, like, they'll write on, they'll, like, write on the windows, they'll, like, throw stuff around, they'll break, you know, windows, pound on the door, just to fuck with these people. Yeah. Before, ultimately, like, it's kind of like that hush thing, where it's like, we can come in any time, we just really want to screw with you first. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it, it's the kind of thing of, like, you know, most people, I feel like the more people that do this are people that normally don't really get into horror movies generally. Yeah. They're people that will be like, well, we should do this, and they why don't they do this? Like, they kind of just judge, like, the dumb decisions. Mm-hmm. Which, sure, you can do that. That's totally fine. A lot of times it does, like, people get taken out of a moment if it's not realistic. Um, that doesn't happen here. Yeah. And, again, this is in 2008. So, like, cell phone isn't a huge thing. They're in the middle of nowhere. Like, they can't really leave. And any time that you would be like, well, why don't they just do that? They then do that and see why well, it doesn't work. Even to that point... This, they do have cell phones in the movie, mm-hmm. which are thrown into the fire. Yeah, it's like, now your phones are gone, yeah. It's just, because they have their cell phone on their counter, because they don't need to have it in their pocket, because they're not waiting for a text. Well, and they even do that lockdown thing of people being like, I'm going to get a gun, sit in my room, and just wait. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that doesn't even work. Yeah. So, it's a big, you know, it, it puts you as, like, an audience member. It's like, okay, well, what would you do? If these are your, like, things that you can do, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And... I mean, for the most part, I mean, there's always some people that are going to, like, somehow challenge the logic, and I'm like, yeah. you're just not having fun with this. But, like, they they do most of that stuff, and they act, mm-hmm. I mean, they're making decent enough decisions, and they are doing things based on their best judgments. Um, and it works, and it's, it's slow, and you kind of mentioned that they would, um, the way that they would shoot it was very, like, 
in sequence. Yeah, they shot as it completely if they were, chronologically. Yeah. And I saw that they built like pretty much the entire interior of the house like in a soundstage. Mm-hmm. So they could do anything from any point in the house at any time. Like, um, having people come in and out of the shots, like, for the man in the mask, or, yeah. like, have people, like, bang on walls, and then, like, come inside a different way, and, you know, even, like, all the car stuff was, like, done, like, practically, like, they just used people in cars to do stuff. Well, and I always love in, mo- in making movies like this when, uh, in this movie, the director would tell Liv Tyler a certain direction that, like, a bang would be coming from. Yeah. And then would have it f- come from a different direction yeah. so he got a genuine reaction well, from her. Well, and all of her scares are, like, very, very, li- like, real. They're like, real. she jumps like a real person would where it's, mm-hmm. like, they almost, like, completely bend in half. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, okay, where is that? What is it? You know, that's not what I was expecting. And you see that. Um, and, man, they just do this whole thing of like, you know, like that, that realistic thing is like, what do you do when you realize that like all your defenses are not working and that you're screwed? Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, we have our cell phones. Well, there's no cell phones. Well, we got a gun. I don't know how to use a gun. Mm -hmm. Also, we don't know if these bullets are good for it. It's like, okay, well, uh, why don't we just go drive away? It's like, well, our car is screwed. It's like, well, um, we know there's at least three of them. So they outnumber us. What do we do now? Like that slow. This would I think we're dwindling of options. Yeah, like your options are dwindling, and you're running out of time mm-hmm. because they're running out of patience. Yeah. So they could just do it at any point. Like you know that they can get in and unlock doors. They could destroy your phones and your car and your radio and all of this stuff. You don't know what kind of weapons they have, why they're doing it, or how many of them there are. So they have the complete advantage, even mm-hmm. though this is your house. Yeah. And that's very, like, that's very, like, and that's, that's, like, very demasculating. Like, it's very scary to feel like you're trapped in your own house. Mm -hmm. So, that was what got to me mainly, and then what really was is more towards the end when, I mean, the whole time you're like, why are they doing this? Mm -hmm. What's their deal? And... The only real times that anyone speaks is the same girl that asks, like, is Tamara home? Like, they're they're all lined up in that very, like, creepy shot in the day. Mm-hmm. And she's like, why are you doing this? And she's just like, because you were home. Which is probably the most terrifying answer to a question like that. Like, they probably knock on a bunch of doors at night, and naturally you're probably like, I'm not going to answer the door. I don't know who that is. Like, mm-hmm. look, there are people and all this stuff. And they're like... Well, they answered the door, which means that they are here, which means that we can do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I feel like it, I don't want to get super like into the weeds of themes and time, but like this is still like fresh post nine eleven sort of world where mm-hmm. people were just scared of anything that they couldn't control or understand. It's like this was the perfect movie for that point. Absolutely. And I mean, even now, like it's still very scary. Mm-hmm. Like The Stranger is like is still legitimately very like I watched it with um a girl I used to date and we were in a house completely alone and it was like I don't I know how this movie ends and I'm like, I don't even really want to do this. Yes. <laughs> um But also I have a note about how when they leave it always just gets to me because they're passing by the kids on the bikes Mm -hmm. and they just stop. So they're not wearing their masks anymore. The, you know, doll face gets out of the car, goes up to them and is just like, 
can I have one? Like, because they're handing out their little, like, Jehovah's Witness pamphlets. Religion pamphlets. And the kid's like, are you a sinner? Sometimes. Like, oh, no! <laughs> and he, like, scaredly hands her one of them. And then she and gets back in, and the other girl's just like, it'll be easier next time. And those are the only lines that they say. So, like, anything that doesn't really speak, when it does speak, it can either be really scary or completely take away the mystique and fear of whatever it is. It makes them scarier. Absolutely. Because what they say is terrifying. <laughs> like, the man in the mask never speaks. Mm -hmm. But, like, if he did, it would be something along the same line of, like, very, very, like, they're just calm. Like, I, the cadence of her voice the entire movie is very monotone. Mm -hmm. Like, she's just at work. Like, they just don't care. They're just doing whatever. This is just their Saturday night, yeah. and then they go back. That's scary. They just leave and go back to their lives and do anything. You know, they, they meet up once a year or whatever to do this. Like, this is like their mm -hmm. weird, like, you know, couples retreat group project that they just leave and then come back to whenever they feel like it, which is so scary. Yeah. <laughs> On a lighter note is the next movie. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so the other movie we're covering today is Your Next. Which was originally finished and made its first um, film festival debut in 2011, and it didn't make it onto home media until two years later in 2013. It, did it come out in theaters at all? I don't believe so. Yes, I don't remember. I don't know for sure, but I want to say no. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the uh, the gist of it is, again, so it's very similar. It's our home invasion theme. So it's mm -hmm. when the Davison family comes under attack during their wedding anniversary getaway. The gang of mysterious killers soon learns that one of the victims harbors a secret talent for fighting back. Which is such a fun so concept. They made a movie like The Purge or The Strangers, but then put someone who is one of those aforementioned kind of like, why don't they just kick their ass? Mm -hmm. You know, they put that person in the movie. <laughs> Um, so it's directed by Adam Wingard and written by Simon Barrett. The two of them are big... They work a lot together. They most notably have done the VHS uh, horror anthologies together. Them and their um, like little crew of people uh, made Q in ABCs of Death. Um, they also together did the Blair Witch remake in 2016. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Adam Wingard directed the shitty Death Note movie. <laughs> and he's also set to direct Godzilla vs. Kong. <laughs> yes. So how we talked about how the director of Trick or Treat is doing the Godzilla movie, mm -hmm. and, you know, he was like, I just want to make out a Trick or Treat. And, like, this, like, small-time modern horror aficionado is like, I guess I'm making this huge budget, like, you know, monster movie. Yeah. <laughs> so these guys work a lot together. Um, specifically, like, a lot of the actors show up a lot in their similar things. They have a lot of... Um, they kind of remind me of, like, the Eli Roth generation of directors, where they make a lot of more, like, newer stuff. Um, mm -hmm. so a lot of these actors show up in a lot of that stuff. At least okay. two of the people in this movie are directors. They're, they're colleagues. Mm -hmm. The guy that plays Tariq and the guy that plays the older brother, I think Paul is his name. Or Drake. Mm -hmm. They're both directors that make yeah. a bunch of stuff. Um, the guy that was Tariq made House of the Devil, which is a remake of an old movie that okay. I think the actor plays Crispin's also in. Okay. He also did the um, M segment in uh, <laughs> ABCs of Death. There's a lot of ABCs of Death films now. ABCs of Death and VHS. Like, VHS, like, they did most of it, but like, it was mm -hmm. the same thing where they brought a bunch of directors and screenwriters to do this sort of thing, which is how I think, like, the guys that did, um, 
Ready or Not. They did um, did VHS, but they also did... uh, There's another movie that's just like VHS that Mm -hmm. I totally forgot the name of. But, like, all those directors, like, that are these, like, kind of modern generation guys, that's, like, how they all know each other. Yeah. Like, a couple people, I don't know if they were directing or were in stuff, but, like, they did on, like, Tales of Halloween. Tales of Halloween is, like, my most notable one, because, like, Adam Green, Darylin Bowsman, and a bunch of other directors of that same ilk Mm -hmm. did that movie. So it's cool that at least, like, all these, like, younger directors, like, all these guys are friends. They all know each other at the very least. Because it's cool, because then they can just put each other in their movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so the cast is a little bit bigger, but I, f- I got some of the highlights. So up top we got Erin, who's my favorite character. She's the she's final girl, great. but she's just the best. She's uh, honestly probably my favorite final girl. She's mine horror. for sure. When I did my uh, um, final girl thing, when we did our horror countdown, yeah, uh, I had Erin. Because <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> I can't really think of a final girl I really like. I'm like, I don't want to say Lori, because that's kind of copping out. And I'm like, oh, wait, Erin! Yeah, she Aaron counts! <laughs> um, so, her, she's played by Sharni Vinson, who's an Australian actress. Uh, I saw that she was in Step Up 3D. <laughs> <laughs> um, the guy that plays Felix uh, is Nicholas Tucci. The who's, son yeah. of Stanley Tucci. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. I looked at it, it was like not even like the third or fourth thing on yeah, his... Yeah, it takes a bit to get to that. Because he doesn't really look like his dad. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he was in like Channel Zero. He's in... Like a lot of these people show up on a lot of like across the board genre stuff. It's either they're in a lot of different weird stuff or they're in a lot of very like modern horror type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, AJ Bowen, who plays Chrisman, is a big modern horror vet. He's in House of the Devil, Satanic Panic, Hatchet 2. Okay. Um, the girl that plays Amy, who's the youngest sister, uh, yes. is played by Amy. Uh, no, sorry, it's Drake's wife. Sorry, okay, Drake's wife. Um, I got her out of most of them because she was in a bunch of different stuff. She was in Alien Covenant. She was in, oh. I think, the second and third seasons of Stranger Things, and she was also Rachel in the remake of Pet Cemetery. So no she's the kidding. mom in that movie, and she was great. Huh. So I was yeah. like, I knew you looked familiar. <laughs> Uh, as I said, Tariq and Drake, uh, played by Ty West and Joe Swanberg, respectively, did um, House of the Devil, The Sacrament, VHS, a lot of different more modern stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot again working with the same sort of group of people, yeah. which is always my favorite stuff. Like when they use each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I thought was fun is like the, the three guys that play like the assailants. The one that's in the tiger mask is the screenwriter. Yeah. <laughs> And the other guys are like they show up in the sacrament. They show up in, like all of their friends who are directors, other movies also. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul, who I think is the dad, the dad, he's played by Rob Moran, who is in there's something about Mary. He's a big Days of Our Lives vet, and Aubrey, who's the mom, is played by mm-hmm. Barbara Crampton, who's a big horror alum, most notably in Puppet Master, Reanimator, From Beyond, and Lords of Salem. Good old Rob Zombie, who I think she was the other. Like woman in that weird in like older like coven, coven. Yeah. like with Dee Wallace. I think mm-hmm. she was like the main one that was like actually sharing with zombies, yeah. like the landlady. Um. So yeah, the the everyone in the movie kills it. It's the cast is the amazing. Cast is really good, and I love the dialogue in this movie because the reality yeah. of these like little jabs at other family members. Yeah. Is just so real for so many people. And like The Strangers, it's a pretty long time before anything really hits the fan. So you have a lot of... the cold open. 
I mean, yeah, with that um, that aside. I mean, yeah. the third Strangers is the same thing. Where like exactly. it opens with that, and it's like it's a horror movie, but like bear with us. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's obvious. So there's a. It's this kind of rich family. I think they mentioned that the dad used to work for a defense contracting company. So yeah. he's got a lot of money. Um, they're going to their vacation house because it's their parents, I think, like 40th or 50th like wedding anniversary. Yeah, something like that. So they've invited all of their now adult children and their significant others to come with them. The oldest being Drake, whose wife is Amy. Um, Drake is kind of the prototypical like douchebag older brother, yeah. and sells it like oh really, really well. <laughs> well, just like under his breath, just seems a little unprofessional. Yeah, like it's that like they're all having dinner, and it's him and like the middle kid are getting into it, while like the the young son is just kind of like not in it at all. Nowhere at all. Uh, so it's, yeah, so Drake is their son, is their oldest son, and then they have Crispin, who's their middle son, who brings Aaron, who's his girlfriend's along, mm-hmm. um, doesn't real apparently doesn't know a whole lot about Aaron or where she came from. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this can't yeah. be long into their relationship. No, I don't think that it was, because he, he mentioned that they had, she was his TA mm-hmm. the year before, and they started dating, but, like, didn't. Like wanted, they didn't want to seem unprofessional, so they're mm-hmm. like, "All right." So they waited until now. So with that being said, Aaron is uh, really good at not at getting murdered. Yeah, <laughs> she has. She mentions that she grows up on a survivalist compound, and it's until just until her mom took yeah. her away. Yeah, so she's kind of like how I feel like Laurie Strode in Halloween 2018's daughter should have been, where it was like mm-hmm. this kind of like very much like Aaron, where it was. She's normal, she's normal, she's normal. Until the second that something weird happens, then she's like, all right, we're doing this, we gotta do this, that's not a bad idea, this is a good idea, listen to me, I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, just flipping the switch. Because then they even were like, I've never seen you act this way. And she's like, well, it's a unique circumstances. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then the youngest son is Felix, who brings his girlfriend Z, and they kind of are weird, like, outsider type. Like, they don't say a whole lot. I mean... He probably briefed her as, like, my family's, like, a fucking nightmare. We're mm-hmm. just gonna bear with it, and we're gonna get out of here. Um, Felix is kind of hilarious. The whole movie, he's just kind of this, like, like wet blanket. I'm mm-hmm. just like, why are we doing this, man? <laughs> <laughs> like, we're avoiding spoilers. Yes. Major spoilers for this movie. Um, so, and then... I saw that the actress who plays Z was roommates with the actress who played Aaron, so they, like, knew each other for years before. <laughs> so could you imagine, like, ten years down the line, like, we both show up on set, we're like, wait a minute! <laughs> uh, and then the youngest is, I, what's her name? Then they have, a, they're, like, the baby of the family is this, they have a young daughter who brings her boyfriend, Tariq, who is the reason why everything gets kicked off, is while they're all arguing at dinner, Tariq goes investigate something at the window and ends up with an arrow in his head. And everyone's like, oh no, dinner! And also, you, this guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's, uh, that, that, that big shift is only after a long, like, you know, you get to know everybody in the movie pretty well. With the exception of, like, Felix and Z, you get to know more as, like, the movie goes on. Uh, but... The, like you said, like the writing for it is like clearly this person grew up in a pretty big and hectic family. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, when the other guys show up, it's like, okay, now we're getting serious. And, and then it's like you would assume that, you know, families that would fight 
when they are presented with this circumstance, would stop, but they mm-hmm. still like they're still button heads and doing doing whatever. Yeah. Did you find her name? Oh uh, yeah, her name is Kelly. Kelly. Her name is Kelly. Kelly. That's right. Yeah, like they're still having little jabs at each other because the oldest brother's like, I would run because I'm the fastest, but I have an arrow in my back. <laughs> well, and he's like, Crispin's like, I'm gonna run. He's like, Man, you only run to the buffet or something. <laughs> he like makes a fat joke at him. <laughs> Or when the feel like, because they, they go check their phones and they don't work, and Felix is like, oh, they must have like a jammer or something. You could probably get them online for like 30 bucks. And he's like, Felix, you fucking low life. life. <laughs> like, I'm a low life. I'm just trying to help. I'm just trying to help. Um, so I think that it, this is like the best blend of comedy and horror because they're not ever actually doing things that are funny. Mm-hmm. They're just saying things that in the context are hilarious. Yeah. To the point that I, some of my favorite parts in the movie are from the perspective, and this is another note that I had of, this is one of the perspective movies that you get the perspective of the intruders also. Like there's these three dudes in these various animal masks who are like just causing all of this and they have breaks where they like kind of have like little meetups. They take Mm -hmm. the mask off like, all right, what the hell's going on in there? (laughs) Like, hold on, this was supposed to be easy. (laughs) So it's cool that you get to see like the the um, the both of them as you know it's not like the strangers where this like they're this nebulous dangerous force. Mm-hmm. They're also people. people. It's like you know when like Aaron like hits one of them with like a meat tenderizer, he's like, oh fuck, ow! Yeah. So it's like a real person and not like this. It's not like Michael Myers who just mm-hmm. is silent all the time. Uh, so yeah, I had like when that flip comes like from when everything is normal to. Suddenly, Suddenly yeah. intruders. I mean, it's cool because everyone is kind of in their same characters. Like, you've gotten to know these characters, like, as their established, like, theme. Like, who they are. Mm-hmm. Except for Aaron, because she totally flips. Yeah. And you're like, alright, girl, okay. get it? Like, go off and get everything prepared. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you got all these perspectives. Like, So that's a refreshing thing, especially for the genre. Who And... I think it's one of the few times that it's done well because there's plenty of newer movies that are doing, they're moving more towards people fighting back mm-hmm. or at least kind of taking themselves off of the like prototypical protagonists. Like, yeah. Happy Death Day is a great example. So it's another horror comedy that also has a main character that decides to just flip the script. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a little less tacky in this movie. Like, it, it feels more real. Yeah, which I think is part of since this was the start of that whole revolution yeah, of character yeah. writing, I think this allowed such a realistic portrayal of it yeah. where further on they can lean a little bit yeah. more into the comedy of it. Well, and happy I, and I think that those people just couldn't handle it. Like, I think this movie's hilarious. Like, it's not a comedy. It's If you're looking at it as a comedy, it's a very dark It's a dark comedy, comedy, but it's like... I feel like horror and comedy have a very weird relationship, mm-hmm. and you can never have too much of one if the other one is what you're really trying to do. Yes. So, like, a great example is, like, Evil Dead 2. Mm-hmm. is a It's a horror movie, but there's a lot of comedy in it, mm-hmm. and it adds to it because... Normally, you'd think that, you know, possessed deer heads screaming at you would be terrifying, but it's funny because in the context, it's like, this guy's lost his mind. Mm-hmm. It's like, whatever, this might as well happen. You know, this is more like, this circumstance is not funny. As a matter of fact, every time someone does die, the emotions are real. I mean, so this is a family, so like, as the family members are killed off, 
the rest of the family members have very realistic reactions to that. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you know, when they lose a sibling or a parent, it's, it's everyone has different reactions, obviously, but they do it in a way that's, it's not comedic. It's not like they just would land on a joke mm-hmm. and like lean on that. It's like, no, embrace that really raw, sad emotion. And then the next scene, it's going to be something that is just so like goofy, mm-hmm. you know, in a weird, like, it's not even like, you know, it's just goofy for the, the moments. And it's just, it, that's where that comedy comes from. Like, it's just, you get it from the subtext instead of it just being like, and put a joke here. That'll yeah. be funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's all very much integrated in each, into each other with mm-hmm. the horror and the comedy bits. Um, so again, we don't want to do a lot of spoilers, so we'll probably avoid most of the latter half of this movie, mm-hmm. but I would say go watch it because it is kind of gory. There's yes. like a lot of blood, but it's justifiable. Like the, the times when there's a lot of like gore, it's when like, I mean, later on, it's like when people start fighting back and you're like, all right, it's kind of like home alone in I a said, sense. I was going to say, I think the, in my opinion, the most gory death in this movie is pretty early on with a um, piano wire. Oh, I was going to say at the end, but no, you're right. Because <laughs> um, it's just shown a little... It's in, It's shown in a close-up, so it can get to those yeah. who are a little bit more squeamish. Yeah. But if you can get through that kill, I think you'll make it through yeah. this movie just And truly, I think I might even take it back. It's just a lot of, like, blood. Yes. Like, there's not a lot of, like... They're not, like, you know, finding weird and creative ways to murder people. Like, mm-hmm. they kind... They kind of are, but it's not like we're going to use a car engine to, like, kill him or something weird. It's like, no, 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 there's a lot of, like, stabbing. There's a lot of, like, hacking. But it's it's more just there's blood. But, like, a lot of times these people don't die. Like, a lot of them are durable. Like, people mm-hmm. will get thrown out of windows or stabbed in the hand or something, and they'll still be fine. Yeah. But they will realistically, like, nurse that injury. Yes. Until that character is, like, either killed or escapes. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of, you know, they really, when they were writing this, were like, okay, what's everyone's status at? Like, what is this person yes. done? Like, you know, where have they been hurt before? If so, where, yeah. how, would how much them? has it progressed? Like, have they done a lot of physical activity to aggravate it? And so mm-hmm. now they're weaker later. So it's a very decent, like, factual, like, realistic, quote unquote, um, so I think a lot of people respond to that, especially people that aren't as big horror fans. They liked seeing something that's real. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's funny. I think there's moments yeah. where people can kind of laugh at it. Yes. <laughs> Cause like, it's, it's not the, you know, there's a lot of horror comedies and we're going to get to a lot of them, especially, um, this weekend when we go see Freaky. Yes. Very excited to go see that. Yeah. So, I mean, we kind of mentioned it up top, like at the beginning of the show, that we want to do, like, bonus episodes when horror movies come out and see, mm-hmm. like, you know, like, oh, yeah, definitely go see this, like, just from our, like, one viewing. Like, we won't get, like, deep dive into it like we are with this episode, these episodes, but yes. we're going to be like, here's why it's worth watching up top, like, just with one viewing, mm-hmm. go and see it. And Blumhouse has been, is the one that did Freaky, right? Yes. Yeah, and they, they also And it's do, from the same yeah. creators as Happy Death yeah. Day. So I have a very strong feeling of where this will go. I'm, so I'm, I'm excited. excited. I'm very excited to go see it. So we have, um, do you have anything else for either of these? I mean, not really. They're really great movies. They are really great. I'm really excited that we are back to form. These are movies we both very much enjoy. (laughs) Not to say that we didn't enjoy Halloween. But there are some movies in the Halloween franchise that were a little bit more... What movies, Danny? I'm not going to mention. I'm not mentioning any names. 
But these are we're back at movies that we enjoy so much, and covering your next this week is so much fun for me because it, it truly is one of my favorite horror movies. Yeah, I had no idea how much you liked your next until we watched it. <laughs> I I know this movie too well at this point, and I've only seen it a handful of times. But it's just gotten it's got a little like hold on my soul yeah, at this yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I was I like I love watching The Strangers because it's a great movie to watch. Especially alone. I wouldn't say if you're not, if you're not, if you get scared, don't watch it alone. But mm-hmm. for me, it's good to turn on when I like have the house to myself and I have like the strangers is just going on in the back. Um, it also made me really, really want to rewatch The Prey at Night. So I'll see yes. how long I'll be able to hold That's it down before I'll justify <laughs> being able to do it. And I mean, I just, man, if we, and I, we kind of talked about this off air, but like if we could get Damien Moffat to come so on to talk about Prey at Night. Oh my god, especially because now we have like a lot more confirmations about the wrong turn movie. So like mm-hmm. anything that we can like talk about with that would be yes. awesome. Um we could gush about how much we loved haunts. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, so I don't really want to touch on Prey at Night for a while just because it's a good like little nugget mm-hmm. that I have and it's just so good. It's really good. If you want to see the like, little girl from Bridge to Terabithia all grown up and covered in blood, pray at night. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, so we um, follow our Instagram at the underscore square horror podcast. Uh, we take submissions, comments. We will get into arguments with you online if you are that kind of person and want to do that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we currently are just kind of taking it slow. We got a bonus episode tomorrow on Sunday. We're gonna get mm-hmm. cover the two movies that we've seen. The two, oh, I think the only horror movies that have come out this entire year. <laughs> After quarantine, After of quarantine, course. I think so. Yeah, and we're going to talk about Come Play, and we're going to talk about Freaky. Freaky. Two very different movies. Very different. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> All right, y'all. All right, y'all. Stay spooky. Don't answer the door. It's not Tamara. It's people in masks. <laughs> <laughs>